Dominic, you ready to do this podcast? Oh yeah, I'm down. It's a pun because of the ride. Right, great today. <laughs> okay, just roll the song. Just roll the song. <laughs> Beware of hitchhiking hosts. <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome to this episode of Beware of Hitchhiking Hosts. I am your host, Cole, and I am joined by my lovely co-host, Josiah. How's it going? And uh, this week, we are joined by Dominic. Hi. I am currently a student at Purdue University studying robotics engineering technology, but right now, I am nestled in my home in New Jersey with my parents. As we all are. Stuck all day. <laughs> Imagine being stuck at home. Yeah. Gotta let everybody know I'm with my parents. Yeah, as, as we are all still recording this podcast from home because none of us are allowed to leave yet. Oh, speak for yourself. I made it to Atlanta. What? Yeah. Really? yeah. Um, I'm currently working with a structural engineering firm. So hence why I'm away from home. You're away uh, from home, but you're still recording this in your apartment. Correct. Um, <laughs> don't don't rent an Airbnb during a pandemic. It's very scary. <laughs> oh my god! So, a little bit about us. Uh, Josiah and myself are members of Georgia Tech's Theme Park Engineering and Design Club. We work with industry professionals to help students get involved in the themed entertainment industry and learn uh, what they can do to work in uh, themed entertainment and themed attractions. Mm. So, uh, this week's attraction, uh, continuing the theme of uh, fun, scary rides is Tower of Terror. Not, not to say that we're only doing fun, scary rides, but uh, it happened to come up well. So mm-hmm. uh, we will be discussing uh, Tower of Terror and all of its interpretations around the globe and all of the fun, uh, haunting uh, craziness that, that it is. So mm-hmm. for those of you who don't know, the Tower of Terror originally opened in July of 1994 at Disney's MGM Studios, now Hollywood Studios. It was originally inspired by an idea from a planned expansion in Euro Disneyland that was going to be a drop tower in Frontierland called Geyser Mountain. That ended up getting canceled, but uh, subsequently the idea was kind of brought back up doing a drop tower style attraction in Florida. So it opened along with the Sunset Boulevard expansion in uh, MGM Studios. There were many original concepts for that ex- expansion, including uh, Dick Tracy Crime Stoppers ride, which later ended up uh, inspiring the Indiana Jones adventure at Disneyland. There was ideas of doing a Stephen King-themed one, a Millbrook Hotel attraction, a ghost tour, a murder mystery. But ultimately, uh, the Imagineers decided to stick with the theme of the Twilight Zone. So, fun little facts about the ride. Uh, the ride features a partial narration by Rod Serling. Supplemental dialogue was provided by Mark Silverman, because at the time, uh, Serling had passed away. And uh, the pre-show was also uh, used footage of Serling that was pulled from the It's a Good Life episode. So, uh, following the construction of the one in MGM Studios, ended up being a massive hit, and two other rides were planned that were supposed to be direct interpretations of the Tower of Terror, those being in Disney's California Adventure and Disneyland Paris. Now, the Paris version was originally intended first, but due to some uh, financial issues that Disney was facing at the time, the California Adventure version was completed in 2004, while the Paris version was completed in 2007. Uh, These rides had a slight differentiation in the ride system um, than the Florida version, which we will get to later. 
uh, mainly lacking the fifth dimension scene. And then there was also a fourth version that was built in 2006 in Tokyo Disney Sea, which was a very similar ride system, also named the Tower of Terror, but it uh, lacked any of the Twilight Zone theming. And then uh, recent additions, uh, 2017, the California Adventure rendition of the ride was closed to be rethemed to Guardians of the Galaxy Mission Breakout. So that one is no longer themed to the Tower of Terror, while in 2019, Paris's version was a major renovation into Tower of Terror, a new dimension of chills. So uh, we kind of wanted to start off our discussion with um, discussing the ride atmosphere and just kind of what makes this ride so entertaining for being just a drop tower. And mm-hmm. honestly, I think just the idea of the old Hollywood hotel, like kind of like 1930s decrepit style is like really, really so cool. Good. And even like before you get in queue, as you're walking up, you're like, you're at the end of Sunset Boulevard and you see it in the distance and that just like draws your eye as you walk up towards it. Like the sight lines for Tower of Terror, it's hard to find other attractions that beat it, honestly. I always enjoy when you go into the lobby, like you walk in and I don't know what it is. Maybe it's the temperature in there, but there's always chills down my spine the whole time. Just- I, I do think... Mm-hmm. They keep that lobby cold because it is cold in there. <laughs> it is. It's, it's cold. It's probably one of the best spots to hang out in the park because <laughs> it's like 97. You're like, I'm going to just chill in the lobby for a bit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but then everyone else has the same idea. So then you get stuck in queue outside. You're like, oh, <laughs> But yeah. I, I love how in the lobby, like, they, the Imagineers took great care to make it seem like people just disappeared. So, like, the Mahjong game that's just halfway finished, they had people start playing and then just get up. And, like, same with the dead flowers and the coffee. It just it adds that extra touch of um, stillness and the fact, uh, the feeling that there should be people here, but there aren't. It's kind of forgotten my time in a way. Like, it's lightning in a bottle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which then, moving from the lobby, you get to go to the fun uh, library scene with everyone's favorite uh, <laughs> pre-show video that we can all probably recite. Yeah, I, <laughs> I, I, I had to do it for a project once. I definitely could. <laughs> which, fun fact about the pre-show video, so it's pieced together from uh, bits and pieces of actual Twilight Zone footage an actual voiceover from Rod Serling, and then also um, new voiceover from Mark Silverman. Uh, mm-hmm. The way they did that was originally uh, they actually had uh, Rod Serling's wife do um, come with Disney and do like an audition for people to do voiceover. And so they pull from the episode uh, that they pulled from, which is It's a Good Life. Uh, they take the intro, which is what you see before you is a and in the actual episode it's a map of the united states at this point in the ride it cuts and it goes to the maintenance service elevator so it's a it's a really interesting job if they they do it you know cut of voice acting and it's not very noticeable mm-hmm. i honestly didn't realize that until we started doing research for this podcast like watching it it's pretty seamless it's such a perfect cut that they make that you don't even notice that they're making a cut because mm-hmm. up until the point where he goes like this uh, this is you may recognize is a and then they cut to a maintenance service elevator where in the show it's i think it's like is a map of the united states 
mm-hmm. but it's at that one point where it, it it's edited so fluidly you don't notice it because your eye is drawn not to the cut but to the elevator exactly they also have some really fun in that room with the whole like sinking of the lightning outside and everything <laughs> it's just so good which also if you're a fan of the twilight zone and you've not looked around um all through the lobby and the uh, and especially the library room, it is littered with props from the show. Mm-hmm. So there is there's plenty of stuff there. And then from there, you move on to the boiler room, which is the fun loading area. Uh, you get some creepy atmosphere there. And I think one of the one of the cool things with the boiler room, especially, is Disney conceivably makes you think you went to the basement when you don't change elevation at all. Like, uh-huh. like you walk out of a door and you make a left, but it's, you know, so well done that you trick yourself into thinking like, oh, I'm in the basement of the building now. Oh, I must have gone downstairs, mm-hmm. which there you get to meet the, uh, the fun, overly creepy cast members of, <laughs> of Tower they of Terror. Really enjoy their job. I, oh, I, 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 I feel do. like they are one of the most fun cats. I, I think, yeah, as I, as I say, I was like, mm-hmm. I think between the Haunted Mansion and Tower of Terror, it's uh, some of the <laughs> some of the most interesting uh, cast member jobs. That because they're like the one attraction where you don't have to smile all of the time. And you could just really play into it. Mm-hmm. Oh, 100%. Like, I've seen, uh, I, I've seen some where it's like the cast members will just like put like a dead stare and stand right in front of the door right before it opens at the loading area. <laughs> <laughs> so like oh, the door man. opens and they're just there. Mm-hmm. It just really adds to it. Yeah, which I mean, if you if you get really into it, there's some there's some fun cast members there. Definitely. So, and I and I think the Twilight Zone as a property definitely fits this ride system very well. Mm-hmm. Definitely. The Twilight Zone property does a lot for you know, kind of it adds to the ambiance of it, and it's really interesting because one of the examples of something that wasn't necessarily recent at the time. I mean, this this ride was built in uh, in 94. Twilight Zone only ran until 64, but it was still, you know, cultural enough. And it also added, the Twilight Zone has that, you know, mix of, like, kind of creepiness, but with also, like, just, like, eerie mystery. Mm-hmm. It adds to the equal, like, it's, you're going through both simultaneously terrified and just, like, intrigued as to what's going on. Exactly. And I think because Twilight Zone is an anthology series, they had a lot to play around with. Like They weren't stuck with a certain cast. They weren't stuck with like a general theme. Since Twilight Zone jumped around so much, they were able to really frame it like it's a lost episode. And that, yeah, and that's that is true. And in that case with Twilight Zone, because it's more of... Twilight Zone as itself kind of acted more as a medium to tell stories in a certain genre. Mm-hmm it they they can add the kind of like little hints to the show that give it that without having to completely you know theme or not completely theme the ride but like having to completely base the ride around certain aspects yeah having to like hit hit the audience over the head saying hey this is this ip look at this ip (laughs) yeah like (laughs) because in reality the twilight zone aspects are the rod throwing narration and then like the fifth dimension scene and the Mm. twilight zone uh, yeah, and the theme, <laughs> the theme yeah. 
but yeah, I think it definitely because of that fits well. Which also apparently fun fact: the cast members were, or not the cast members, the Imagineers when they were designing it, all were required to watch the entirety of the show twice. Really? So, so that they said, yeah, they watched every episode of the show twice in order to kind of understand the nuances of it, and so they could add as many little references as they could. Mm-hmm. That's really cool. Have you watched the Twilight Zone? Go. Uh, yes, I have. I haven't watched all of it, but I have watched uh, many an episode. Nice. Yeah, because most of it, at least a solid majority of it, is on Netflix right now, and it's 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 really good. And if you want to watch mm-hmm. some of the newer stuff, there's the one that's being produced by uh, Jordan Peele, mm-hmm. the guy who wrote Get Out. Uh, he is essentially he's not redoing it, but there are certain story aspects where he's like, oh, like they do um, tower at thirty thousand feet. Um, they do something sim- uh, similar to uh, It's a Good Life. The kid, uh, you know, like being a monster, he becomes president of the United States, which I think is kind of fun. Mm. But it definitely it, it does play on those aspects of like being something's not quite right. And you sort of don't really know the whole story until the end, until the mm. twist. But it's just really good. Yeah. Yeah, and legitimately for anyone who has not watched Twilight Zone, like, yes, it's an old black and white show, but it holds up very well. If you like mm-hmm. any sort of kind of mystery thriller kind of things. Yeah, definitely. Um, but yeah, and then I think that kind of leads into one of the next things I want to talk about is the uh, the ride system, for especially in Florida. Because it's a, it's a very interesting ride system that most people don't realize. So when you board the elevator... You are not boarding an elevator. You are boarding a ride vehicle that is in an elevator. Mm -hmm. So um, the Florida version uses uh, what they refer to as the uh, autonomous vehicles, which basically are the ride cars on wheels that can follow tracks around the ground that lock themselves into the elevator shaft. And in Florida's case, it uses there's two separate shafts, one for the pre or not the pre-show, but one for the uh, beginning dark ride sections and one for the actual drop. So. Uh, the layout of the ride basically is you go into the um, you go into the elevator shaft. You go up through a few pre-show scenes. Um, you see there's the uh, and the hallway scene that becomes the star field, um, and then you go into the fifth dimension where the car exits the elevator and drives through past a bunch of elements uh, from the opening of the Twilight Zone show, and then you walk in complete darkness into the elevator shaft, <laughs> which as as a Disney nerd and an engineer, it's really fun because if you know the technical layout of Tower of Terror, you can tell when the drop happens mm-hmm. because you go into the shaft and there's a click, click of it locking in. And then yeah. right after that is when it drops. <laughs> That's so good. So you hear all the people, there's all the people who are like, Oh, when is it going to do it? And you're like, one, two, okay. And three. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I know like before, I was such a big Disney nerd. My friends would say, you can hear the ghost snip the cable. And like, <laughs> even without engineers, like people pick up on it and they add it to the story, whether it's meant to be intentional or not. But like, I, I think- I love those added story elements that like people make up on their own. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, like the ring at the Haunted Mansion and then like this. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes, the ring. The, mm-hmm. the wedding ring that was supposed to be there. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but I think it's a testament to um, how well the ride is built atmospherically that any sort of mechanical nuance, people will just say, oh, that was meant to be there. Um, yeah, which to they have also added 
uh, Tower of Terror has kind of spawned its own little like conspiracy thing with it because <laughs> they they've added um, in the Florida version especially lots of little random effects throughout the drop sequence where you'll see like reflections of things or like random flashes but they vary them mm-hmm. so people come off being like that wasn't there last <laughs> yeah I did notice that did they add new stuff when did they do that um, I forget which renovation it was part of, but I believe in the late 2000s they added them. I was going to say, because like, I remember this one, uh, one of the more recent times that I went, It's I think it's the part where the doors open for the first time and you're at like the peak, right? And yeah. there's, it's like the weirdest little thing. It's, I don't know if they're aligned with LEDs or what, but like the doors have like a white glimmer to them before they open. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's some like projection effects on the inside of the LED. Yeah, I was like, either that's my mind playing tricks on me, which it very easily could have been. It's not difficult for my mind to play tricks on me, but it's either that or they added something that like gives it that little shimmer before the the light. And it, it it's not noticeable at night though, so maybe it is just daylight. I don't know. It's, they have a, there's a lot of effects to it too, and again they vary. So which though so it's it's a very interesting ride mechanism they use, um, and it and it combines a lot of uh, a lot of elements as opposed to what just a regular drop tower could be because mm-hmm. at the time there weren't a lot of drop towers there was you know stereotypical ones you'd find at like six flags and stuff that were just the car goes up all the way up a, um, a tower and then just drops down and uh, originally they said they had they looked at trying to find ways of incorporating just something like that and then doing yeah. more theming around it um, but ultimately due to both space constraints and just wanting oh. to tell a more cohesive story they ended up developing their own Mm. Funnily enough, I think Movie Plug Germany has a version of Tower of Terror that actually is that old Intamin first gen freefall. I so. yeah, I forget where there is an Intamin uh, there's an Intamin drop tower somewhere that is called the Tower of Terror. Mm-hmm. I think there might be one in the U.S. too. I am not 100 percent certain of that though. But which is very interesting because those original the original Intamin drop tower cars kind of look like the Tower of Terror cars mm-hmm. without the wheels. It's definitely interesting. Yeah. Which is, um, but it was, it, it's a neat thing that they did uh, in order to develop their, uh, develop their own kind of system, which combines both like aspects of a dark ride and aspects of a drop tower ride. Also, Tower of Terror has the unique feature of it is not a free fall ride. It is actually mm-hmm. pulling you down. Yeah. So there was a there's a fun story of when they built it, they went to uh, an elevator company. It was um, uh, Otis Elevator Company, is the one that mm. created the uh, the ride system. And they basically told them, "Hey, we need you to make an elevator that's the reverse of what all of your elevators do. Which is, <laughs> instead of stop the elevator from falling, we need you to just pull it down harder. Which is I why you get weightlessness because you're actually pulled down faster than what a free fall would be. Mm-hmm. Faster than the speed of gravity. <laughs> we can draw the free body diagram. It's great. <laughs> Get that FBD going. Uh, this is what happens when we have engineering kids on this. <laughs> uh-huh. But that kind of leads us into um, some of the different attraction versions. So, like we said, there are a total of four um, around the world. There is the original in Florida, and then the one in California Adventure, the one in Paris, and one in Disney Sea. So, big difference being. Um, the latter three, so the Paris, the California Adventure, and the Disney Sea versions, all use a more simplified uh, ride setup. So uh, the way the Florida version works is because it has the um, dark ride 
uh, shaft and the uh, drop shaft. There are four dark raid shafts, each with one vehicle in them, that can then um, that then each two of them funnel into one uh, drop shaft. So there's two drop shafts on the ride. And basically the way that works is coming out of the fifth dimension scene, um, the two funnel into them, so they're just offset in timing. And uh, which they changed this for the subsequent versions of the ride due to either space limitations or just wanting to redo it. They removed the fifth dimension scene so the ride no longer moves uh, you know, forward and backward throughout the ride. It is in one elevator shaft. But they added it so it was three elevator shafts as opposed to two. Um, and the, uh, the uh, California Adventure version and the Paris version also have slight changes um, to the story elements of it. There is, instead of, because there's not the fifth dimension scene, in addition to the hallway scene, there's also the referred to as wave goodbye scene where mm-hmm. you see another car and then it's a ref- it's a reflection of you and then it goes away and then like drops. And then um, alternatively, there is the t- version at Tokyo Disney Sea, which is um, completely rethemed from uh, Twilight Zone because Twilight Zone was not relevant enough for the Tokyo audience. So uh, this one is again themed to Sea, uh, the Society of Adventures. Explorers and Ventures, I always mix that up. Um, uh, and it's based on the fictional explorer Harrison Hightower III, who is totally not just Joe Rody because they modeled him after Joe Rody. <laughs> <laughs> does he have the earring? Um, I don't know if he does, but if you look at like all the art for him, and then I think like the promos and stuff, it just is Joe Rody. It's Joe Rody with a white beard. It's great. Uh, so basically, this one focuses on... Um, it's in the American waterfront section of Tokyo Disney Sea. A fictional hotel in New York um, by that was owned by Harrison Hightower, who was a famous um, expedition explorer, and he uh, famously stole an idol of an African god and um, brought it back and was flaunting it off uh, during an expo. And the god got angered at, or the idol got angered at him, and his while he was in the elevator, and the elevator plummeted to the ground, but they never found his body, which is the story. Mm-hmm. And so from there, uh, you, apparently the city of New York decides to uh, reopen the hotel kind of as like a historical monument thing and give tours of it. And that is where you find yourself. So it's a, it's a really interesting, different take, that mm-hmm. still, but it still uses the exact same system and layout as the Paris and DCA versions. Minus the two show scenes being swapped as to what order you do them in. Mm-hmm. I also heard that the um, Tokyo version is a bit more tame, which I think is pretty interesting. Yeah, I don't know about the uh, the ride or the uh, draw profile on that. I don't know how it compares, mm-hmm. especially with the randomness of the Florida one. But uh, but yeah, there's, a, there's definitely um, some differences found within that one. That might just be a relic to kind of um, Japan's mentality and theme parks, because I'm not sure where I heard this, but um, Japan and China t- took a bit more longer to get comfortable riding, you know, these death-defying gravity machines <laughs> versus us in America. Trapping yourself to a set of wheels and going down track <laughs> miles an hour doesn't just... <laughs> it, yeah, just doesn't seem to scream fun, but you know... <laughs> To be fair, the entire sales pitch of a roller coaster in a drop tower is so close to death, but not. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> he ever wanted to die, but not though. <laughs> but uh, yeah, and then another uh, difference that can be found within the um, within the different attractions around uh, the globe is uh, architectural difference. There is uh, the one in Florida has a more Mediterranean style, whereas the one in um, California before it was redone and the one in Paris are designed after uh, Pueblo Deco, I believe it's called, which is more of kind mm-hmm. of like L- traditional LA architecture, where the Mediterraneans tried to be pulled from like older Hollywood. Um, mm-hmm. Also, mainly because Florida has the fun issue of because how close Hollywood Studios and Epcot are to each other, if you stand at, yeah, if you stand at the Mexico <laughs> Pavilion and you look at the Morocco Pavilion, you can see Tower of Terror rising above it. So they mm-hmm. had to theme the back of Tower of Terror to look enough like a Mor- like a building in Morocco where you don't notice it. Mm-hmm. So I think it's pretty. I cool. mean, they do a really nice job of it. Like you, like it, if you're looking at it in a certain angle, you really don't notice it at all. Yeah, mm-hmm. which I I do feel like it's like it's a bad situation that they made the best of in a very interesting way. Yeah, it just shows the like the TLC they put into the parks. Yeah, which to be fair, I. Like the the hot take is that Tower Terror is probably one of the best themed thrill rides that Disney has made. Oh, definitely. How's that a hot uh, take? Like, I think that's just generally <laughs> accepted at this point. Oh, it's not a hot take; it's a fact. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but but yeah, no, it's it's definitely the the amount of work and theming and everything they put into this attraction is uh is very interesting. Hmm. It really shows. And uh, one of the other big differences between them kind of which changed throughout the uh, timeline which we'll get to later is uh randomized versus pre-programmed drop profiles the uh florida version opened with a pre-programmed but currently has randomized um whereas the other ones all opened with uh pre-programmed and stayed that way barring the change in california to a uh to guardians of the galaxy mm-hmm. which Kind of leads us into ride changes. Oh, look at that. Fantastic transition. <laughs> Matt, yeah, great, nice. great segue. I, t- I totally lined up the uh, lined up the show notes to be this <laughs> <laughs> Unintentional, but I will take it. Um, so uh, there was, compared to other attractions, especially like what we talked with last time about Haunted Mansion, um, Tower of Terror has a lot less of changes going for it. There wasn't anything really kind of massively thematically changed um on any of the versions barring the re-theme in california um florida did have the most being the original version of the ride opened with one main drop as as the ride profile um in 1994 then later in 1996 they opened uh what was called twice the fright which had two drops uh, 1999, they did a few minor changes. Uh, they added extra rumbling to it, um, heightened weightlessness. They kind of redid the uh, drop profile. Still had two drops, but just a few additions to it. And then in 2003, there was what was kind of unofficially known as Tower of Terror 4, which had the mm-hmm. randomized drop profiles, mm-hmm. which is what we have now. Basically meaning that every time you go on, it will be a different ride. There is guaranteed to be one fake drop and one full drop, but beyond that, how do you fake it, a drop? You like go down a couple feet and then you go back up. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's not the big one. Yeah, like because there's there's ones where they'll do where it'll like kind of let go for a second. Mm-hmm. 
They just, just pull like, you down. Yeah. I I do wonder what's the like programming and the the algorithm behind that. Just because like how do you are there like discrete elements that you I believe there's the an I believe it's either there's an amount of discrete elements that it can pick from, or there are a certain number of preset drop profiles that it randomly picks one out of. Mm -hmm. I like think that it's one, the latter, but I mean, I'm that, not the latter makes more sense. Yeah, that one makes more sense because I remember the last time I went on it, there was literally like an airtime hill in the middle of it. It would like shoot us up and start pulling us down, like um, without any pause in between. I'm like, wow, that's cool. This is just like yeah. a roller coaster. Which I do think is, is one interesting thing they do is, while most drop towers utilize the go up, stop, and then they give you suspense, while mm -hmm. Tower Terror does do that, it also uses the, because of the speed it has with both pulling you up and down, it mm -hmm. can pull you up and then immediately start pulling you down without yeah. stopping at any point, which is a really interesting feeling. I think just like, you bring up a good point, like that's, it's like an airtime hill in a in a drop tower. It doesn't uh -huh. give you that time to be like, oh, I could look around. Like, nope. Yank. Mm -hmm. Exactly. You already had to be seen. I can be my house from here. Oh, wait. <laughs> <laughs> no, you can't. Back in the dark tunnel for you. Yep. Which uh, which definitely is an interesting thing they do. And then um, California Adventure had uh, less changes to the actual Tower of Terror, but more changes overall because in 2017 mm -hmm. it got rethemed to Guardians of the Galaxy Mission Breakout. Mm -hmm. which completely stripped away all of the theming related to uh, Twilight Zone, retheming it to Guardians of the Galaxy, and also removed most of the kind of horror elements, trying to make it a more family-friendly uh, kind of humor-based attraction. Mm -hmm. Which I think is really interesting because it shows that in this case, you can take something that was originally seen as very thrilling and scary with a few slight adjustments, make it a lot more appealing. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's still thrilling, and it still has, like, I guess, a fear factor to it where, like, if you're afraid of heights, probably not the ride for you, but it blends it in such a way, like, it and the music together. Yeah. That soundtrack, by the way, is fine. It, it slaps. No question. It slaps. <laughs> well, and it's, I think it shows in both cases how much the theming and ambiance of the attraction kind of relates to the emotions facilitated by it. Definitely. Because because the the Twilight Zone theme very much plays into the eeriness and the kind of unknown and mm -hmm. just kind of the spooky vibes of like what's going to happen and then like the suspense of not knowing when the drop is. Uh -huh. Whereas, you know, Mission Breakout kind of goes for like the fun action kind of. Yeah. Mm. Rocket's like, you're in my hands now. And you're like, okay, sure. We'll do what you say. You're my hands. Wait a minute, Rocket, you have hands. Why do you do <laughs> your hands? Uh -huh. Extra hands. I, I relate it to like those YouTube videos where they'll edit like comedies into tragedies and they'll make like um tragedies like funny movies just with like a different color palette and different cuts. Well, I, I think it's like here. I think it's like if you take like the difference in like take a rock and roller coaster and take like most coasters at uh, Alton Towers. <laughs> we'll, we'll, say, we'll say nemesis for now um uh -huh. you you take like both uh, they're both roller coasters like they both yes. offer very similar experiences mm -hmm. but they're both so drastic in theming of the illicit different like definitely you know 
Alton Towers has a thing for making you feel terrified of their coasters and like it's uh-huh. a defying experience you need to escape. Mm-hmm. Even Whereas, though they're all 60 feet high. <laughs> <laughs> Whereas, you know, Rock and Roller Coaster is very much a supposed Come to be on, a right. like fun, looked forward to experience. Mm-hmm. Which it kind of it, it's interesting. And going back to when it happened. We we all can remember the fun time of 2017 <laughs> when they announced or was it 2016 when they announced yeah. Mission Breakout. I thought the internet was going to explode. Same here. <laughs> I'm sorry. Have you seen the internet yesterday? Oh, yeah. Man. So so for for reference as to when we're recording this, yesterday was the announcement for uh, the retheming of Splash Mountain, and it feels eerily similar to the announcement of the retheming of Mission Breakout. <laughs> Mm-hmm. It's, it's it's a death to humanity how dare you <laughs> I'm not going to the parks again the usual stuff the usual general oh, harassment yeah. of this twitter not to, mm-hmm. not to get into the topic of is it right or is it wrong I will leave mm-hmm. this at everyone complained about Mission Breakout and now it's a very popular attraction that most people oh, yeah. seem to like oh, definitely it's I think Mission Breakout is one of the reasons why Disney kept going with the let's reskin the rides mentality. Because when it works, it works really well. And honestly, like it's I, I think Mission Breakout does a crazy job of the amount that they change and just like it because it is, for all intents and purposes, the same ride. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's they breathe so much new light into it in such a tonal shift. Yeah. It works. It, it's I also, honestly pretty fun. I like Mission Breakout because as someone who listens to music and everything they do, rides themed to music are great, which is why I love Rock and Roller Coaster. So another <laughs> ride themed to like good classic music is... Mm-hmm. It slaps. Agreed. Yeah. I also like for Mission Breakout, I love the guest quote interactivity where they're like, we're going to scan your hands, raise your hands up. That's a key. And like, it really makes it more of a like fun experience because as a guest, you know that typically on a thrill ride, you're going to raise your hands anyways to enjoy your experience. But having Disney tell you like this is an integral part of your experience really adds to the fun factor. Um, yeah, it's it's the, it's those fun things that are like the story elements for things that you wouldn't have thought of before, mm-hmm. which just kind of increased the theming. Yeah, I mean, I definitely think it's a great way to change an attraction from being a passive experience where you are just a bystander to an active experience where you are the focal point of the story and the story without you does not work. Mm-hmm. Well, and, I, and I think it's the same way how Rise takes standing in a line and turns it into being interrogated. Like, <laughs> gotta love being interrogated. It's my oh, favorite yeah. activity of the day. <laughs> <laughs> but legitimately, they take, like, like the entire first part of Rise is an elaborate play for standing in line. Mm-hmm. You get off the transport and you stand in line and you go through the Star Destroyer hallways and you're standing in line and then you get into the interrogation room and you're waiting because they're loading the next ride vehicle. But <laughs> they, they do it in such a way where it does feel like you are an integral part of what's going on. <laughs> cool. Oh man. When you mentioned that, what my first thought immediately was the. Um, Fairly Odd Parents episode where they're like, we're going to Escalator World. All right, yeah, where are the rides? This <laughs> is the ride. Escalate, and honestly, Escalator World is, is my jam. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like, 
once we get to the point where the queue is divided, like we'll be at a good point for theme park fans. What what isn't the ride? Is you walking <laughs> exactly. to the ride the ride? Is the ticket gate the ride? <laughs> nah, man. The, the the ride starts the parking lot. No question. I mean, I'm not gonna lie. Like, I was that kid who like my favorite ride is the monorail and the bus. So like, <laughs> same. I mean, I who doesn't too. love the monorail? It's it's a classic. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I think also what I love about Mission Breakout is okay. I'm a sucker when it comes to uh, Marvel content, mm-hmm. and the amount exactly. of Easter eggs though, so mm-hmm. many Easter eggs. Yeah, but so, there's even other Easter eggs too. Like there's a figment in that. Like, yeah, <laughs> they got that. They got the Yeti from the Matterhorn. Yeah, mm. so good. I got Cosmo the dog. Who doesn't love Cosmo the dog? <laughs> they got an I Ultron Sentry. I mean, come on. I, mean, I forget. Is Howard the Duck in there somewhere? Um, I don't think. I think it's because he gets out of the. Uh, he was in the movie. There's a blurry appearance of him, but it's not. It doesn't I'm look like sure he's here. Okay, I was I was like because I know he's he's in the whole thing is he's in the collector's like possession at the end of the movie, but mm-hmm. well, he's, he's in the collector's possession at the end of one. At the end of two, yeah. he's not. Oh, the oh of, yes. They they show him he's on that that planet where he's doing the thing, the, the suspicious activity thing, mm-hmm. <laughs> which I'm not going to mention exactly what it is because it's very evident what it is in the movie. But you get the point. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Also. The Stan Lee cameo. Who could forget? <laughs> Stan the man Lee. Stan. Oh. Are they gonna? This is gonna get really off topic. But for Guardians Epcot, do you think they're gonna add in a Stan Lee cameo there? No, because it would have been post his death, and mm-hmm. it would be in poor taste. Yeah. Well, unless they unless they literally take the footage from Mission Breakout and are able to reuse it. That's true. But they did it for Rod Sterling, like posthumously. Yeah, but Rod Sterling had some years on him. Yeah, I I think I think depending they could. I think it depends heavily on the story beats that they're going for in Cosmic Rewind. Mm-hmm. Like, like if if there's something that exists as a cameo already, where they could just reuse that, like from one of the movies or from you know Mission Breakout, I think that mm-hmm. could work. But okay, but here's the thing like, we live, we rides want to exist in a vacuum, but they don't. So, when I went to the theater and saw Into the Spider Verse, this was shortly, you know, after Stanley died. When it came on screen, everyone felt like sad and emotional and nostalgic. And I'm not sure if that's a feeling you want to invoke on a roller coaster. You don't want to cry to Disney Park. <laughs> Are you telling me that every time you ride Space Mountain, you are not in tears during the entire no, network? it's because it's a sad cry, like happy cry. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> it's it's just a weird emotion to be evoked in the ride. And even though people can see it as like it's a, it used to be a fun thing to spot Stanley, and I, I think that's where the business mindset is at. But Nowadays, with the cultural context, it's more of a sad thing. Yeah, it, it, it would be it's almost like desecrating the dead at that point. It's like, yeah, I think unless it's it's done in a way that really makes sense. Yeah, agreed. But one, it would need yeah. to, they need to agree with Stan's estate, and two, it would need yeah. to fit with the story. Mm-hmm. 
But back back to the discussion <laughs> of the Tower of Terror. <laughs> oh, wait, here, wait, I, got, I got another one on Tower of Terror. This, actually, this, this works, though. I okay. forgot. In Mission Breakout, there's the best Marvel Easter egg of them all. The painting of the Collector and everyone's favorite rascal, Jeff Goldblum. The Grandmaster. <laughs> there's a painting. You don't remember that? This is right before you split into the two pre-shows. It's the best oh, painting. Yes, oh. it is. Yeah, I always forget about that. I've never been to DCA, so I don't know. It's a good one. It, that's awesome. There's a lot of there's like thirty. I I I think I think Disney needs more Jeff Goldblum. He's, everyone I needs more Jeff Goldblum. Look, I would watch O Canada hosted by Jeff Goldblum. I don't even care he's not Canadian. I'll, I'll watch it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> is this is this is it. Okay, Disney, write this down. We got <laughs> you, you did it with Splash Mountain. You can do it again. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! Remove all like problematic animatronics with Jeff Goldblum. There we go. No, no, but okay. Is it just Jeff Goldblum, or is it like shirtless Jurassic Park Jeff Goldblum? No, that's Universal. Universal is putting that in their Velocicoaster. Wait, wait for for O Canada. <laughs> <laughs> the question is, do we get the Jeff Goldblum like a weird, awkward laugh with it? Oh, we have wow. to. <laughs> the one that's like, I can't <laughs> tell if it's a laugh or like a really sad roar. <laughs> oh my, that, that's wow. iconic. That's part of the branding, honestly. <laughs> well, welcome to this week's segment of Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> <laughs> this week's segment of where can we put Jeff Goldblum today? Oh, mm-hmm. Last episode, we had the discussion of Gilbert Godfrey in the Haunted Mansion, and now we have Jeff Goldblum in Tower of Terror. Yes, <laughs> and Jeff Goldblum in the Tower. Yeah, that should be the Florida theme, honestly. Just have <laughs> Jeff Goldblum narrate. Oh the question is, do, do, do you keep the... Uh, uh, the Twilight Zone theming, or do you, <laughs> do you remake it to a old, crusty hotel with Jeff Goldblum? <laughs> do, do we replace Rod Serling with just Jeff? No, we don't replace no, him. No, that was in poor taste. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That was that was in poor taste. He's apologize. just edited in the shot, just like laying there in the bathroom. <laughs> just him in the bathroom. <laughs> every every scene, he's just there. Yeah. <laughs> when they say this. <laughs> It's waiting for you. They open the doors and it's just Jeff laying there. Jurassic <laughs> Park. You know, he's like he's like behind the ghosts in the hallway scene, and then like in the fifth dimension, he's just like chilling on one of the sets. Mm-hmm. Yeah, instead of the window being the only thing that stays, it's just Jeff Goldblum at the end of the hall, floating in the fifth dimension. Can, can we get an attraction based on Jeff Goldblum's Disney Plus series? <laughs> I love Wait a that it exists because it's solely based on the fact that Jeff Goldblum is enough of a character just to have a show about him doing random things. Mm-hmm. Wait, oh my god, I just thought of something great. Okay, here's what we do, right? Here's what we do. So you know mm-hmm. how they're replacing the Perry the Platypus experience, right? In yes. Yeah. They're replacing it with DuckTales. No. Scrap DuckTales. We're done with DuckTales. Mm-hmm. Here's what we do. We get Jeff Goldblum going <laughs> around the world, experiencing every culture crushing it across the park i would play that game i would play that game too around the world with jeff goldblum (laughs) the gold the world as seen by jeff goldblum Mm -hmm. i'd play that i'd play play that for like eight hours you know get a margarita in mexico just play that game (laughs) who who needs food and wine when we have around the world (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. the arts festival scrap it i want a whole festival thing jeff goldblum let's get it going 
All right. Uh-huh. So, so, so back. back <laughs> as much as I love Jeff Goldblum, that's Tower of Terror. Oh, oh wait, here I have a Tower of Terror fun fact, like a real one this time. <laughs> okay, <laughs> go ahead. Okay, in the Tower of Terror in Florida, I'm I'm pretty sure this is in all of the Tower of Terror, but more specifically the one in Florida. This is at least what I know. The spider webs and all the cobwebs. You know what they're made of? What? Oh, I know what you know. What they're made of. Don't don't say you do though. They're dramatic. <laughs> what what are they made of? They're made of hot glue. <laughs> What? Oh, I'm not gonna lie. Until I, until I read that you put that, I, I didn't actually know they were made of hot glue. It is a fun, yeah. So basically, like if you ever use hot glue, you could like there's parts. You know, if you if you stick your finger and it gets all stringy and stuff, that's how they get those cobwebs. And the issue is with the Florida humidity, they dissolve very quickly. Mm-hmm. So they have to be updated every few months. So basically, you can tell when they've redone them when they're in full form in the lobby. So if you walk in and go, man, there's a lot of, a lot of cobwebs. It's like, yeah, the Imaginers came in last night with a hot glue gun, just glued the whole place. And I want to know, who's who's that guy, though? Who gets to be like, I'm the guy who does mm-hmm. the hot glue in Tower of Terror? It's definitely an intern. There's no way it's a full-time yeah. cast right? It's definitely an intern. Imagine, you have to do it at like 2 a.m. too, because you can't do yeah. it while I was guessing. Um, imagine you've, you've, worked, you've worked, you know... Uh, this hard, and you're finally you're like I get to be an intern at WDI, and you get and there. Like, you know what you're doing, bud? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're, they're like, all right, you're on the team with Tower of Terror maintenance, and you're like, oh my god, what do I get to do? You're like, do I get to like design a new thing? And they're like, nah, we need you to go in there at two a.m., take a hot glue gun, and make it look like there's cobwebs. <laughs> Gotta web the place. You're gonna be like Spider Man, really? No, but you're gonna be like Spider Man, his lame cousin. <laughs> it's just Webman. That's all he does. He doesn't say that. Web. Webman comes in, webs the place, and leaves. Webman, <laughs> I can make somewhat convincing, moderately spooky cobwebs at a semi-medium pace. <laughs> Marvel, get on it! I need a comic book series uh, now. I need an attraction based off of this. <laughs> Who plays Webman? Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> what if that's the, maybe they get Jeff Goldblum to come in and redo the webs? Genius. He gets, he gets another season of the world that's according to Jeff Goldblum, but he's got a web up down Tower. <laughs> oh man. No, that's the next that's the next theme of Tower of Terror. The person who creates the webs for Tower of Terror. Hi, my name's Jeff. I make the webs. <laughs> Yeah, what are the other changes to the rides? <laughs> oh, yes, I heard. We, didn't, we didn't finish the ride yet. Right. <laughs> so, um, and the most recent ride change to get way back on topic <laughs> is um, in Paris. Uh, they're out of so a lot of people had originally thought that uh, Paris would do a very similar makeover to Guardians of the Galaxy because. They are um, a similarly uh, built ride being copies of each other besides a few structural differences. Um, And also because uh, Walt Disney Studios Park in Paris is getting an Avengers campus, which is what is right next to uh, Mission Breakout and DCA. Very interestingly, Disney decided to opt out of doing that and instead actually did a full-on makeover of the ride for 2019. So uh, Paris got the uh, what is being referred to as, uh, in its in its really long fun name, uh, the Twilight Zone Tower of Terror: A New Dimension of Chills. 
But um, so this one basically goes in and does some retheming of the ride. It adds uh, three separate storylines as opposed to the one. And all of these storylines are based on the little girl that was part of the five people originally you see in the pre-show. Um, and uh, those storylines follow uh, some different paths, uh, which go into... Uh, let me find what the exact versions are. So there's three different... There's uh, the Malevolent Machine, the Shaft Creatures, and the Fifth Dimension. So um, one of them revolves around uh, the first, the Malevolent Machine, which is the elevator becomes sentient and is intent on torturing you. So uh, that's fun. What? <laughs> I love getting tortured by elevators. Uh, the Shaft Creatures, which are... Uh, demonic creatures who prey on human sound are infesting the elevator shaft, and little girl warns guests to stay quiet to avoid being caught. And uh, the fifth one is the fifth dimension, which is a portal into the fifth dimension is opened, and a sinister specter is eyeing the guest as its new victims. So th- this kind of ups the fear value in that ride a lot. Yeah, that got dark. I think it like this. This kind of does the like Phantom Manor to Haunted Mansion for Tower of Terror. <laughs> Yeah, that's or like, true. Yeah, it's still kind of got that, like, ooh, like, mysterious ambiance, but now it's like, ooh, mysterious ambiance plus monsters that want to eat you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> plus risk. Yeah. yeah, which is a really interesting addition to the ride. I've heard, um, I have not personally been to Disneyland Paris, so I do not know what the differences are, but I have heard that it has been pretty well received, and um, it does seem, though, which this is kind of following an interesting path of it's straying a lot further away from the specific Twilight Zone themes. Mm-hmm. So the new ride um, loses some of the narration by Rod Serling. Um, it loses some of the specific callouts to um, uh, to the Twilight Zone in favor of kind of a more generic uh, spooky ride experience that's less IP based. So mm-hmm. that being said this kind of leads into the next topic I want to talk about, which has kind of been a big topic of discussion among people is with the retheming of Tower of Terror and it being one of the few remaining attractions that relies on external, uh, external like IP contracts being what is Tower of Terror necessary to have Twilight Zone? Because I think while, while it's different kind of culturally as to the relevance of Twilight Zone in Europe versus the U.S., it still kind of raises the question of like, does the ride still work without it? I would say so, just because I remember my memories as a kid going through the ride. I was terrified. Um, I didn't do well with ghosts, so seeing ghosts, I was like, oh no. But I had no idea what Tower of Terror was like. Probably the first three trips I made, and even then, I still got the story, still got the experience out of it. Um, I really see the IP as like a marketing port people but if the story is good enough for it to stand by itself like people will tell each other to get on the ride anyways yeah which this whole kind of what about disbranding the ride um has kind of been a point of discussion due to the recent um re- uh, introduction of the twilight zone show so now mm-hmm. cbs has been doing a new i don't know if it's necessarily a reboot but uh it's a new version yeah, the new version that Jordan Peele is hosting. That's mm-hmm. on CBS All Access, so they've kind of been trying to push push it as one of their major shows. And it brings into question now, how does that affect licensing contracts? Oh, and I think there's kind of there's one of two boats you can look at this with. You can look at this from one perspective, that is, Disney currently has a massively popular ride, 
that is a massive marketing tool for a new show CBS has, what incentives do they have to ruin that? Then there's the mm-hmm. other uh, possibility, which is, hey, look, we have a brand new show that's relevant now, which means we can skyrocket the uh, licensing rights or prices. Yeah. So you can either mutually boost each other or mutually destroy each other, depending on what you want to do. Yeah. So it's, I, I think, don't think Disney would go for the mutually assured destruction route. I only see the new show as a benefit. If I were Disney and CBS tried to up the price, I would honestly just drop out. Because yeah, same. Because they they can feasibly retheme the ride. Mm-hmm. And not even like a bakery hall, just change who's narrating in the elevators or in the yeah. library scene. Which the problem though that Disney World has versus the other versions is that the fifth dimension scene is a lot of physical props related to the show. Mm-hmm. Which you is, pull those out, you still have a ride. You pull them out, you still have a ride. You just have to find something to fill that area. Because, yeah. But yeah. there is the other idea that the whole um, A New Dimension of Shills expansion is meant to distance itself from the, from the Twilight Zone theme to more of less to get rid of Twilight Zone and more to offer a unique experience as opposed to Florida. Because mm-hmm. as of now, all four versions of the ride are somewhat distinct in their own way yeah true the the florida version having its different ride system as and having the most heavily twilight zone theme also being the oldest california now has gardens of the galaxy disney sea has the uh re-theming to harrison hightower and now paris has the uh less twilight zone kind of more scary theme mm-hmm. which honestly i really like it's an interesting, I, yeah, because I kind of go back and forth on the whole duplicating rides all over the place. Mm-hmm. Because, yes, it's nice, but at the same point, it's also just a carbon copy. Yeah. You, you, need, you need to have something to entice me to want to go there mm-hmm. that I'm not going to get in my nearby park. Yeah, which I think is interesting because something like this can offer like a completely different ride experience, but be basically fundamentally the same ride because that's what they figured out with um disney seas like disney seas is the same building the exact Mm -hmm. same layout like same effects same ride system same cars but all they did was paint it a different color make it look um a different architecture slightly and redo the story elements of it Mm -hmm. but and because of that it's a drastically different ride that ultimately on a technical level and on an R&D level is very similar. Yeah, which I can get behind. I know, like, I personally don't mind all the clones because when you think about it, like, the people who would benefit from having different layouts all over the world are, like, 5% of your market. Yes. Like, I'm not going to go fly to Tokyo or Hong Kong anytime soon. Uh, that being said, if you're able to have the same like ride system but still have a different story, that's still something pretty cool and can help with localization. I definitely think, yeah, it helps with localization. And I think more between the two U.S. parks versus... Oh, that's like, true. Yeah. I'll versus like globally. Mm-hmm. Also, I, I wish we were able to you know, go to Tokyo and all those places. But international travel is not a good option right now. No one is ever going to good into money. Uh-huh. Money. And, and, and we're not allowed in most countries right now. <laughs> That's true. 
if you're right now, we are <laughs> I don't think yeah, we couldn't go to Paris if we wanted to. <laughs> yeah, no. And then that kind of leads into one of the, one of the questions I like to ask, which is, uh, what makes um, an attraction timeless? I kind of always I always want to look at this whenever we discuss an attraction as to, especially something that's been around for a little while, compared to last episode, Tower of Terror is a lot newer than Haunted Mansion, but especially at Disney World, it is still kind of considered now one of those like staple attractions. Mm-hmm. So I, I think I kind of want to discuss of what you all think makes this timeless or makes this, you know, an attraction that will remain relevant. I mean, kind of speaks for itself. Because, like, think about it. When when Hollywood Studios, when they got rid of the Sorcerer's Hat, what was the next thing in line that became the icon? It's Tower. Mm-hmm. Like, it kind of... It, I don't want to say it has a je ne sais quoi, because that sounds cliche. <laughs> and, um, but, like, it's not something that... It, nothing else has it's just like the theme it really i don't know how to describe it mm. just I, uh, go while I, oh, I'm, ta- I'm, I'm being tagged in all right um, <laughs> there's for tower specifically there's three key things that i think really make it timeless one is just the level of care and atmosphere you get even while just standing in the outside queue um a few weeks ago polygon a like gamer website posted an article about how game level design, you can learn everything you need to know from writing Tower of Terror. Um, building atmosphere, um, showing guests where to go, where to traverse. It's all pretty interesting, and that's um, not something that's really been matched at even some other Disney attractions, let alone other parks. The second big thing is that, for me, I see thrill rides as sort of a rite of passage, especially in the US. Um, as a kid, you have very little agency or very little accomplishments. So going on a thrill ride like Tower of Terror and saying you've defied death, um, it's one of the first real milestones that you <clears throat> excuse me, can personally say you have. Which and leads you can into buy a t-shirt that says I conquered Tower of Terror. <laughs> exactly. And get that uh, classroom clout, you know, with everyone else. <laughs> oh man. Oh yes. But, oh my gosh, he's tall enough now? Yeah, what? exactly. That's that's an achievement, right? He's all grown up. <laughs> when did he hit his growth spurt? Mm. Kids care about that. But three, like, it really, especially now that Tower of Terror is approaching 30, it's now become a generational thing where a parent will take their kid and ride it such that the kid will experience the same, like, reactions, the same emotions that the parent felt 30, 20 years ago when they went on it as a kid themselves. And that's something they can bond over um, as a family, really adding in through the like, family memories, family experiences um, that cement a ride in people's lives. And I think Tower hits all three of these pretty well. Okay, thanks, Josiah. I don't know how I followed that up, but <laughs> we'll, take, we'll take a shot at it and save the best for last. <laughs> Um, but I, I want to touch on kind of you know what what you mentioned though of the whole like uh familial thing mm-hmm. because tower for me is that so, mm-hmm. so tower terror was a ride of it's like it was um it's one of my mom's and back when my grandmother was still alive one of her like favorite rides like we would mm-hmm. always go there and i remember i was always i was not a thrill ride kid I did not like roller coasters. I did not like drop towers. I was terrified of things. Heights were not my thing. 
So <laughs> I remember I fell for the classic next time loophole. Oh no! Where Ooh. we were going, and I was like, "I'll ride it next time." And we were like, okay. And that was supposed to be our last day at Disney. Turns out I ended up staying an extra day with my grandparents because they had an extra day at the hotel while my parents left. My grandparents were like, oh, hey, we have, since I had an annual pass, they're like, oh, I can just stay with them. Guess mm-hmm. what park we went to the next day? <laughs> Studios. Knock, knock. It's next so, time. So mm-hmm. my, my grandparents turn over and they go, okay, it's next time. And I was like, oh, man, I fell for that. <laughs> <laughs> congratulations you played yourself oh, man. <laughs> but at the same point after that day like tower of terror is honestly one of my favorite attractions and mm. i've discovered i have a thing for and i don't i don't know if it's like i don't know how to describe it not like not clean but like any anything that's not like pristine as an attraction because mm. it it's more work to make it look like there's less work Yes. Like, yeah. while you might think that's the ideal thing, it's really, really easy to stick an attraction in a box, make it look nice, clean, and well maintained. And, you know, yeah. and mm-hmm. like, you know, there's someone every day polishing it and it's all, you know, fine and good. But it takes a lot of other work to believably make something look, you know, haunted or make it look like torn down or forgotten or like, and in, and in Tower's case, they I, they do the thing where it's it's like it's the whole like moment in time thing mm-hmm. where it's it's like yeah. going somewhere where like no human is touched in like a hundred years like yeah. you walk mm-hmm. in and you're like oh it looks like no one's been here since the year 1939 and i think it's it's just done to such a level of detail that still holds up and still kind of you get eerie feels from it and you get you know absolutely creepy cast member asking you to get an elevator like <laughs> absolutely i think another thing we touched on this last time with haunted mansion but there's that element of how did they do this when you're on the ride when the elevator goes forward you know when you do that for the first time you're like elevator shouldn't be doing this how did <laughs> disney do that and that question when it's applied to rides i think helped make it timeless and yeah and it's and it's one of those things where there's a lot of of Tower of Terror as a ride that is just does what you don't think it's gonna do. Mm-hmm. Like you're in a hallway, and then all of a sudden the hallway is a star field. They're like, yeah, you come, out, you come out into a maintenance room, and then the maintenance room gets dark, and then like you know, there's a wall in front of you. Oh wait, it opens up, and you're in a drop shaft. No, like, and yeah, mm-hmm. it's just there. There's so many elements of kind of like one after the other of like you know just stuff changing or stuff unexpected happening and it really does mm-hmm. leave you with and it, there is a lot of use of practical effects as well like yeah we talked about last episode of pepper's ghost in haunted mansion pepper's ghost is actually also used in tower of terror mm-hmm. in the hallway scene which is how they make the um uh the ghosts of i don't know if they're supposed to be like ghosts or like phantoms of them I, I'm we'll not... call them force ghosts it's fine <laughs> the weird like the weird like el- like electricity ghosts of the uh people from the twilight zone uh, they appear in the hallway and it's a very similar effect mm-hmm. yeah. but then they do a cool thing with fiber optics where you realize that the entire hallway walls aren't actually walls they're scrims so they all get dark and shine fiber optics through them and it looks like you're in a star field mm-hmm. and it just it's a cool effect and it's it's one of those things where it's not like oh hey that's screen but it's like oh hey how did they do that like <laughs> mm-hmm. 
exactly. And those attractions always stuck in my head. So I think the best part about Tower is that, like, while it does have an IP incorporated into it, it doesn't lean so heavily onto it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Because at the end of the day, it's leaning on more. So it doesn't rely so heavily on IP. It's really like it's banking on that factor of it's Hollywood and it's prime. And it's that you don't need to know too much about it. You just know the feel. Mm -hmm. If that makes sense. It's, it doesn't need to slap you in the face with this is everything. Like, and I don't want to say Galaxy's Edge does this poorly, but Alex, Galaxy's Edge does this in a way where it's like, look at all the stuff. You know, it's like, oh, look, this is these aliens and whoa, that's alien. Like everything, you know, is not from this planet. Mm -hmm. Tower of Terror bends the whole opposite. It's like, you recognize everything and you get it. And I don't even need to say it. It's an mm -hmm. unspoken story. And the fact that it's able to do that without spitting it down my throat is fantastic. Mm -hmm. And I, but I think Tower of Terror does the kind of Tower of Terror does the thing I, I enjoy with well done IP based attractions, which is it has it has enough there for those who enjoy it, but mm -hmm. for the layman, it doesn't feel like because the lobby and the library are littered with nothing but props and re little references to episodes. And like, there's a lot of little hints and nods throughout the ride to things from the show. So mm -hmm. if you, if you watch the show and you're a big, you know, Twilight Zone fan, you're like, Oh, look, that's the thing from whatever episode. But if you don't, you walk into here and you're like, Oh, look, a random collection of things. So like, you know, it's, mm -hmm. it's, it still tells its own cohesive enough story or it's, equally as entertaining to someone who has no idea what Twilight Zone is as it is to someone who's seen every episode a million times. I can say, and it also, it, it does the thing which I don't think an IP-based ride should necessarily m make fans of the IP enjoy it. It should make those who don't know about it interested in the IP. Mm -hmm. It should bring new people in, not keep old people in. Yeah, because yeah. legitimately Tower of Terror did it for me. Like, I didn't know what the Twilight Zone was when I was like 12. And I remember riding Tower of Terror and be like, oh, this is cool. And I went and watched a bunch of episodes of it. Like, mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. it's, it's not inhibitive towards anyone who doesn't know it, but you know, it still facilitates the interest in it. Exactly, yeah. There's purposely built in like levels of enjoyment, whether you are knowledgeable of Twilight Zone or not. You can both get away or take away something from the ride. Also, is it just me or so at the end of the ride, when you're sort of being pushed into back into the elevator shaft and you're about to exit, you're in sort of a, like a small cubby, like closet room. Mm -hmm. I don't know. If, you know what I'm talking about? And there's these two shelves and there's obviously, as you said earlier, there's props littered throughout both at the beginning and the end of the ride. Mm -hmm. Is it just me or on every time I've ridden it? One, there is a new rider amongst me, which is the best feeling in the world when there is a new rider. <laughs> oh, new people yeah. in Tower of Terror is great because, well, A, they don't realize that, you, that you're not at the drop yet because, like, they keep thinking that in the dark ride elevator that that's part mm -hmm. of the drop. No, 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 no. There's more. Yeah. But, like, I've always noticed that there's a new rider amongst them. And there's one prop in particular that stands out that someone always points out. It's the puppet. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? Oh, yeah. The, like, the creepy yeah. puppet. The yeah. dummy. It's from one of the episodes. I don't remember which one. But they're like, yeah. I don't like that dummy. 
I don't like that dummy at all. And that is the reaction everybody ha- and it is it is one of my favorite parts of the ride when someone points it out because I'm like, yes. <laughs> I don't know why. It just makes me excited. Yeah. No, it's, it, I think that's one of those rides that really riding with new people is just it's just kind of like enjoying them going through the like, oh my god, what is this? Mm-hmm. Because when you ride it, you know, okay, go to the first Soshin, okay, go to the fifth dimension, okay, roll through. But when they're doing it like you get them where like you go up and they're like, Oh my god, and you're like, No, no, we're going to show scene. And then you get to that and they're like, mm-hmm. Okay, now is it? And I'm like, No. But my favorite is when you open to the fifth dimension, it looks like a maintenance closet. Because it's yeah. meant to. Like it, it opens and it's a bunch of like metal girders and like pipes and stuff and like mm-hmm. it, it looks like like a back maintenance room. Mm-hmm. So I I've had people legitimately where it goes and they go, Are we supposed to be here? <laughs> and then you start rolling yeah, forward and they're like no <laughs> they're like uh which is one thing i do think that the florida version has over the others is mm-hmm. if you don't know you know that the ride is about getting in an elevator and going up and down yeah there was nothing in any point in the beginning of the ride that will lead you to believe that at some point the elevator is going to start moving forward <laughs> and so legitimately mm-hmm. watching the people who are like why is the elevator moving forward yeah. mm-hmm Elevators That's don't move forward. What is this, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Y'all remember that elevator that moves up, down, left, and right? <laughs> yes. And that flew. A flying oh, elevator. yeah, it did fly. That's true. <laughs> I had, like, wow. a million buttons on it. <laughs> yeah, why did it have so many buttons? Like, you'd think it would just be simple controls. Ah, oh, that makes no sense. Nothing about the layout of said Chocolate Factory was intuitive. <laughs> it required a literal boat to get down half of it. Mm-hmm. That is true. Like, you shouldn't have to go downstream to get to the other side of the factory. And yeah, that's just poor efficiency. Which, and then I kind of want to lead into our last little segment, which is going to be kind of the the whole like hindsight question of if you had to make a new version of Tower Terror, if you had to completely redo one of the rides, is there anything you would add? You would change? Actually, I um in doing research, I saw a YouTube video. I forgot. I forget which account posted it but they mentioned that hong kong disneyland doesn't have a tower version yet and they've also mentioned that grizzly gulch opened up in 2013 that would be a great place to put geyser mountain one of the original concepts for the ride and i think with the new trackless ride systems that are much more um accurate much more unique you can kind of bring in the original vision of tower of terror and actually execute on that um, if my memory is correct, Tower of Terror was supposed to have much more like 4D scenes where you're traveling not vertically. You're supposed to like, I don't know, slip sideways through this hotel. Yeah, but- and in in like 90s technology, uh, there was uh, there's definitely a limit they hit with the uh, autonomous cars there. Like they exactly. were they were some of the earliest of like wire guided vehicles. And honestly, mm-hmm. I think it's impressive how well they work for what they are. But, and especially with the fact that um, Rise of Resistance, spoiler alert to those who haven't ridden it. <laughs> so uh, for, for anyone who doesn't know, at the end of Rise of the Resistance, there's a part where the trackless vehicle docks actually into a motion base, but the motion base is on a mm-hmm. drop platform. So there's a very, very, very small version of a drop shaft. But I think that kind of shows, decide what you're talking about, of the you know vision of take trackless rides and do the whole, you know, ride docking into a drop tower thing. 
Mm-hmm. And I think I think it's funny though because the Geyser Mountain thing has gone through a lot of potential like ideas. So they said originally it was at Paris; it was going to be part of their frontier land. Mm-hmm. And then after uh, they opened um, DCA, when they were in the process of constructing DCA, there was a big concern that it would pull away crowds from Disneyland. This is before <laughs> they knew it was going to be a massive market flop. Uh-huh. So they actually apparently brought back out the... So the reason uh, California Adventure got a Tower of Terror is because they brought out the plans again for taking mm-hmm. taking the new uh, formulas from Tower of Terror and making a kind of similar ride that's Geyser Mountain and putting it in Disneyland's Frontierland because they thought they would need to attract people away from DCA. Mm-hmm. Turns out it opened and the opposite happened and no one was going to DCA, so they actually pulled then the Paris uh, ideas for putting a new version of Tower and they put it in California Adventure. Mm-hmm. But like now, 30 years after um, Tower of Terror, you can actually like fulfill that dream of having a vehicle that can move through like a dark ride show scene that moves kind of atypical to an elevator but then have the elevator parts at the end and i'm imagining like for guys on mountain it's pretty easy just you're in a mine cart going through the mountains um look at these geysers they're pretty cool oh no on top of one <laughs> there we go um the, the only issue i see with that concept and i know obviously it's a concept and i shouldn't bash anyone but go for it, it would it would it fit with the theme of being on Sunset Boulevard. No, this is this is for um uh in uh possible like Frontierland. Yeah, for Hong Kong Disney. Yeah, specifically. Sim- yeah, similar ride system, but in a different location. Yeah. yeah. Oh, so just put a drop tower somewhere else. Well, it's take the idea that inspired because the idea that inspired Tower of Terror and kind of redo that with the new technology we've learned from Tower of Terror. Mm-hmm. Oh, I see. Specifically in Hong Kong Disney because they don't have one yet, and they should. Legitimately though, if you kind of, if you redid Tower of Terror as like a half trackless dark ride, like full like instead of one show scene that then goes to a drop tower, mm-hmm. like I, I know that's a whole like that would take like forever, but if mm-hmm. you take like half the length of Rise, and then you put an actual drop tower at the end of it, that'd be cool. Yeah. Well, even like in the middle, like if we're, I'm looking at Tower of Terror right now, you can't build a lot above like the hotel because there's not a lot of room at the top. But if you start with a drop sequence and then build on the ground, you can have the elevator bring you on the ground and then some so, other trick. For mm-hmm. reference, the way the layout is, you load in the back of the building and the back of the building is the dark ride tower and then the front of the building is the, the drop tower. Mm. The problem is a dark ride takes up so much show building room, and because it's kind of in the area that's sandwiched between two parks, I don't know how much of that they have. Mm-hmm. But it is legitimately an interesting concept. I say here's what we do, right? We All take right. the tower in Florida, right? Uh-huh. Let's say you're like, nah, man, we're not gonna have the Twilight Zone any longer, right? Mm-hmm. Here's what we do. We retheme it to the Tower of Terror movie the Disney Channel original. <laughs> oh, there we go. It is. Entire movie. <laughs> right? I mean, do they? So, <laughs> I was so, that movie. 
<laughs> so we, we joked about the Haunted Mansion movie last episode, but like that at least got a theatrical release. Did it? Like, yes, the Haunted Mansion movie was a theatrical movie. Oh, sorry, the Tower the Mansion, I didn't about the Tower of Terror movie. I'm like, the Tower no, of Terror movie, the Tower was, Terror movie was, a, was a like TV movie. Mm-hmm. Was, oh, it's very evident it's a TV movie, all right. Terrible. <laughs> there are commercial slots built into the movie. <laughs> Yeah. Don't come back. I'm like, that was clearly where there was going to be commercials. <laughs> oh, man. That movie's not good. It's not great. <laughs> that being said, um, DCOM originals in a park when... I'm not going to say I'm opposed, <laughs> but I'm opposed. <laughs> like, what do you mean? What? Are we going to get it. High School Musical, the musical, the show, the ride? I mean, we had High School Musical, the the, the actual musical. They had a, a stage show. Oh my oh god, my I god. remember that. Yes, it was in front of in front of the hat. Uh, <laughs> and then they revived it when they were doing High School Musical. They were like, "Oh my god, it's the graduation year! Everybody go crazy!" <laughs> they were really trying to hype up that movie, and then that movie was like, "Okay," and uh-huh. they were like, "It's even gonna get a theatrical release." And I'm like, "Really? Why?" <laughs> Like, why? It's so unnecessary. With someone just saying, I need to see Zac Efron as Troy Bolton on the big screen. I'm like, was anyone really asking for that? Okay. Dominic, you sound like you've been forced to. <laughs> oh, I most certainly have. By too many of persons. We, honestly, my teacher, my teacher we, watched, we watched Tower of Terror because we're like, dude, he's a theme park movie, and there's not a lot. <laughs> we don't have many options. And we already cruised yeah. through the Imagineering story, so we were like, well, what's next? And they're like, let's watch the Tower. It was either the Tower of Terror movie, the Haunted Mansion movie, which is what I voted for, or the Country Bears movie. And <laughs> Oh, no. Y'all forgot about the Country Bears. Okay, so I'm really sorry, because if you went from the Imagineering story, which is like one of like my favorite documentary pieces, <laughs> to the Tower of Terror movie, which is like the lowest budget TV movie... <laughs> It's a well, stark contrast. It was a joke night. It was like, oh, we gotta watch a movie. So, I mean, it was better than the Country Bear movie, I'll tell you that much. Yeah, people complain about Disney making rides based on movies, but everyone needs to remember that time they tried making movies. I mean, Pirates of the Caribbean rides. is good up to a certain point. I'd argue, though, that Pir- Pirates of the Caribbean is so separated from the ride it that it 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 takes the idea that there are pirates <laughs> and they're in the Caribbean, and then it runs entirely on its own from there. <laughs> Theoretically, that's what the other movies did too. It took the idea that there's a haunted mansion in Raven. It took this idea that there's a. Yeah, I don't know. Haunted Mansion, haunted mansion still, I think, tried to. Yeah, Haunted Mansion oh, that's to be like, look, there's Madame Leota. It's not just that there's a, sc- a spooky house and there's haunts. You know what I mean? Yeah. They were like, look at Madame Leota. Look at the singing bus. They like, they, they like were poking at the audience going, like, do you get it? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I do. Yeah, because like, I'm not going to lie. I get to the points where I forget that Haunted Mansion, the ride, or not Haunted Mansion, um, that uh, Pirates, the ride, and Pirates, the movie are like in any way. Really. <laughs> I mean, you only remember it because they added Jack Sparrow in. Yeah. I mean, that's how yeah. you remember. Just because, like, because in my mind, when I think of attraction movies, I think of, like, the Haunted Mansion movie. Well, speaking of uh, Pirates of the Caribbean, new news today, I don't know if you heard this, Margot Robbie will be producing and majorly starring in the next Pirates of the Caribbean movie. I saw that. As to whether or not they're bringing back Johnny Depp is a good. I don't know. They disrespected him in Pirates Five, so if he doesn't come back, well, because they were trying to bring it, because you could tell what they were doing with Pirates Five is that they were going, "Hey, Johnny Depp is getting kind of old, so we got to bring in some new blood." And they did, and they were like, 
Yeah, the new blood's not great. <laughs> like, this movie really can't stand on its own without Johnny Depp. So when you put Johnny Depp and make him a backseat driver in a movie that he has most certainly been a major star in for the back four, it's noticeable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It would be like if Endgame barely yeah. starred Tony Stark. <laughs> like, it's still a movie, but there's a noticeable difference. Mm-hmm, definitely. <laughs> I do hope they just cut all ties to the Pirates um, trilogy. It's a trilogy. Let's, let's, let's be real. There's five um, movies. There's five movies. <laughs> it's a trilogy. I don't recognize. I don't recognize the movie either. So yes, it's famous uh, now <laughs> Disney movie trilogies: Pirates, <laughs> Indiana Jones, Star Wars. Um, yep. <laughs> I'm not going to get into that, but <laughs> tune into our movie podcast where we discuss Disney trilogies. Disney now also owns the best movie with only one sequel and nothing after <laughs> Alien. Oh, You're right. Well, yeah, but they they all they they got a lot in the Fox movies. So they now have The Simpsons. They have Avatar, mm-hmm. which I thought they already owned, but apparently they were just like using it for a bit. Yep. Relating this back, Avatar was a similar deal with Tower of Terror, where they just like mm-hmm. yeah, but the thing, Fox. doing that that seems really gutsy, especially considering instead of like. Tower, you build tower, and then let's say CBS goes, we're pulling, right? Mm-hmm. So Disney goes, okay, we'll replace the ride. If at any point Fox or James Cameron was like, we're pulling Avatar, you now have a whole land you can't use. <laughs> like, just think mm-hmm. about that. Like, they had to have been like, we're going to buy Fox at some point, so it's okay. Yeah, I mean, but that's like the same idea of like, you know, Disney had like, with back when like studios before like they owned star wars there was the whole like you had star wars weekends you had star tours you had the jedi training you had all this other stuff and it was you know at any point lucas could have been like hey, I'm gonna no. just yeet real quick <laughs> but uh does anyone uh have any any final closing topics to add to tower of terror before we finish up today's episode i just think it's the pinnacle of what i look for from disney that's true. It, it it definitely has that. How did they do that? Dis- like I feel like the best thing a, a Disney attraction could have is how did they do that? Mm-hmm. That is the if if I am not able to tell well, how they it's, did it, it's a good thing. Yeah. When it and it's it's the pinnacle of adding so much theming that the theming takes over what is otherwise mm-hmm. a basic ride. It's concept. simple, but it works. Yeah, because like when you think of Tower of Terror. You don't think, oh yeah, the mm-hmm. drop yeah. tower. Because it's not even, it's not like Rise where it's like, look, here's a queue and every part of the queue is themed. It's like, no. For Tower's queue, very small queue. Not a big queue. Mm-hmm. Like in comparison to other rides. Yeah. But it works yeah. so well. Mm-hmm. So well. To be fair, technically Tower does have a very, very long well, yeah, but, queue. It's but it's not like, you know. Because, because they're they're good at um uh doing throughput on Tower's <laughs> I've I've been there once where you wind around that outside corridor for like or the outside like courtyard for oh, that like outside courtyard minutes. when it gets hot, it gets hot. you're close <laughs> and it, there's a funk. I'm gonna tell you this much. It mm-hmm. it gets hot and it gets stanky real quick. <laughs> it's not good. It is not. No, but yeah. Um <laughs> so those are closing thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. But yeah. All right, Cole, tie this off of the bun. <laughs> I mean, I can just end with saying that um, it's really hard to theme a thrill ride because usually the thrilling portions, you tend to go fast. So the fact then that you can tie in a story to like one main thrill 
still pretty impressive. Yeah, and I think that definitely does does work in its in its favor of taking something that generally focuses solely on the ride and focusing mm-hmm. so much on. I can relate else. to actually like Rock Rock and Roller Coaster is a thrill ride with a story attached to it. Tower of Terror is a story with a thrill ride attached to it. Uh, those are the <laughs> best closing remarks we have. To be honest, mm-hmm. it really is. Like we want to uh, thank everyone for uh, tuning in to uh, this episode. Thank all of our guests. Dominic, did you have anything you wanted to plug uh, before I mean, we head follow out? Follow me on LinkedIn or Instagram. I post solid quality content uh, with my <laughs> animatronic projects. I always try to have a good time with those. So feel mm-hmm. free to follow me there. And also check uh, check me out at the summer themed entertainment project LinkedIn, where uh, it is a group of college students and or recent college grads. We are working on, essentially, we are building a theme park from the ground up mm. or designing a theme park from the ground up. So it's definitely a great way for us to build our portfolios. And it's just a great, uh, you know, creative ex- experiment, if you will, for yeah. a bunch of college students. So feel free to give that a look at and uh, follow us along our journey. And I hope yeah. you, y'all have a, a magical day. It's definitely in depth. With can that. we say that? Can I say that <laughs> legally? Or <laughs> you, you, you can legally say that. Uh no one's gonna listen to this. <laughs> All right, Josiah. Anything? Yeah, actually. Um, but when this airs, uh, Coaster Radio should have posted their ten semifinalists for the ride design contest website at coasterradio.com. I'm one of those semifinalists, so oh come take a look at my project, take a look at everyone else's project, and vote for which one you like best. All right. So, uh, yeah, everyone go and uh, take a look at that Coaster Radio competition. And uh, as usual, you can follow us on uh, Instagram at the uh, GTTPED account. And uh, if you have any comments, have any questions, or just want to talk to us, you can always send us an email. And uh, links to everyone's socials, everything that was plugged will be in the description. And uh, we hope everyone has a great day, and we will see you all on the next episode.